been tugging my heart for weeks, but it became official throughout this week, and I want to teach it to you, walk it, uh, walk through it with you, and I pray that if you're here today, it's because God needed you and wanted you here just for this moment. I came back from the Dominican Republic, and as I came back from the Dominican Republic, as soon as I got in the car with my wife, I got on the phone, and it was literally one bad news after another, one after the next. It was funny because I remember putting down the phone on the day I came back, and I said, God, what else am I going to hear today? And it was just one bad thing after another. And the truth is, you're never really prepared for that, right? You're never really prepared for that um, when bad news hits you like that. Some of the things that were dealt with me were, you know, family issues, sicknesses, death, just one thing after another as soon as I landed here in Miami. So I started to think about this and I said, well, how do you explain that? How, do you, how can you understand this? You know, you have such a high in the Dominican Republic. You're on this trip. You're ministering. You see God touching people. People are crying and saying, thank you for coming. Thank you for sharing that word. Hallelujah. Then you get home. And as soon as you get home, that high gets checked, you know. That high gets faced. It gets challenged uh, with the realities of what's back at home. I wonder if you guys have been there. One family member, bad news. Then another family member, bad news. Another one popped up, bad, more bad news. And then as the week went on, more bad news continued to unfold. One of my old youth that I love, that I used to pastor, um, dies. So now we're dealing with that. More bad news. Like, man, it's an interesting week. And we go from a high to, to yes, Lord, you know, you're magnified. You are worthy. Hallelujah. To what? To, oh, Lord, why is all this happening to me? Truth is, how do I prepare for this, Lord? I'm going to give you guys the answer to that. The answer to it is you don't necessarily prepare yourself for the exact moment of when it happens. You don't. The truth is we're in training. Everyone say, I'm in training. Yeah. We are literally in a preparation phase as we speak. While we're here on earth, we are being trained and the Lord is taking us through preparation to help us. So then when we are faced with the reality of life, then when that comes to us, then we're ready to face it. Because the Lord has been and is preparing us here on earth. Maori did such an amazing job last week with his message of preparate or prepare yourself. And um, he did such a good job that it continued just to minister. And I want to continue to roll with some of that thought um, today with you guys. I started to look into my life, and the truth is I've been blessed with an opportunity. I've been blessed with an opportunity to take the platform here at New Life and in many churches and like in DR and many places to teach His Word. And also, I've been blessed with a platform to teach in a high school uh, in a room filled of sophomores and juniors and stand in front of them every single day and teach His truth. What a, you don't understand what a blessing that is. You really don't. And the reason why we stand up here on this platform, the reason why we stand in the platform of a high school and teach these juniors and sophomores is we're preparing them. We're preparing you here at New Life. We're preparing each other. And we're preparing them in the truth of God, in His truth. 
Why? So that when false arises, when false things arise, things that are against his word and his nature, when those things arise, that truth can overcome it and be victorious over it. Amen? And both in the high school and here at New Life, the Lord has been moving me to teach on the book of Revelation, as you guys know, and as we've been doing it on Wednesday. I'm really grateful for the group that's been coming on Wednesday. And we've just been discussing this book. The book about the end times is what people call it. But as I started to study the book of Revelation, I've recognized that it's so much more than just the book of the end times. If you've ever studied it, you know what I'm talking about. It's actually a book of how much the Lord loves us. I know no one says that, but it is. It's how much the Lord loves us and desires for us to have a relationship with Him, with His people. But because of what happened in the beginning in Genesis, everyone knows what happened in the beginning of Genesis? Anyone know what happens in the beginning of Genesis? All right, good. We know what happens in Adam and Eve and the whole fall, man. We see that sin entered and now there's got to be an end to this sin. It's got to be an end to this destruction that has, caught, that has come upon the earth and it's causing this destruction and it's caused this destruction. And we see that at the end of the Bible in the book of Revelation when God says enough with this sin and enough with this lifestyle. But it's not because he just wants to kill people or he wants just bad things to happen. It's because he loves his creation and he wants them to turn to him through these difficult moments. It's a book on how God loves us. But there are parts of the book of Revelation that deals with God's judgments. It talks about God's judgments falling on all man and all mankind that will be living on the earth. Just things like massive earthquakes. There's going to be a time where a third of the world's population will be destroyed. All of salt water life will be destroyed. All of fresh water as well will be turned into blood and be destroyed. All life will be destroyed. Then, if that's not enough, we've learned that even sores will fall upon the people. And many more things like these things will happen in the book of Revelation. But then I want to look at Revelation 16 with you guys. And as we look at Revelation 16, I want you to see what this passage says. As we're ending these judgments, and we're getting, to, we're getting ready to see the coming of the Lord, look what the Lord says as He's ending His judgments. It's amazing. When the sixth bowl is being poured out on the earth, in Revelation 16, 15, as God is pouring His wrath, He says something that I want every single one of you to catch, and I hope it does something to you today. Jesus' own words, he says, Behold, I am coming as a thief. And blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments. Lest he walk naked and people, they see his shame. The ESV says it this way. Blessed is he who stays awake. That's how the ESV says it. The ESV goes on and says it this way. And the one who keeps his garments on. The one who keeps them on, lest he be naked and they see his shame. ESV says, lest they be naked and he be seen exposed. It's an interesting passage. When we read Revelation 16, 15, boom, what's one of the first things we see? Jesus is what? He's coming. And in the process of him coming, he's telling the people, his church, what? Prepare yourself. Prepare yourself and don't what? 
Don't fall asleep. While you're living in this earth, which is a time of preparation, many people fall asleep. Many people become lazy. Many people become lukewarm. Many people just, ah, I don't really want to serve God anymore. Well, Jesus says what? I'm coming back. Do not fall asleep. Not only don't fall asleep, but what does he say next? Keep your clothes on. Keep your garments on. Stay dressed. I'm going to talk about that today. Because if you don't keep your clothes on, you're going to be naked. Well, duh, we know that. But when you're naked, you're exposed so everyone can see you. And you're going to be ashamed. I don't know if you've ever been through that. I don't know if you've ever been in a bathroom taking a bath. And someone that shouldn't have walked in, walked in. And the first thing you do is, oh, what happened to you? You were naked. I mean, come on, we're adults here. You were naked and you were what? Vulnerable and you were what? You were in a time, a moment by yourself and someone intruded in your moment by yourself and when they came in, they saw things that they should have never seen. And what is Jesus telling the church? He says, I'm coming. I am. And the way that I'm coming is like a thief. I'm coming fast. I'm coming rapidly like a thief. Thief doesn't warn you. Hey, at this time tomorrow, I'll be at your house. Leave the door open. I'm going to rob your TV. Oh, no problem, brother. God bless you. Take the remote control too. He comes like a thief at a time when people are not blank, are not, okay, I'll give you the answer, are not ready. And he comes like a thief and he tells the people, stay awake, be watchful, keep your clothes on, keep Keep the garments on because you don't want to walk around naked because you know very well when you walk around naked, you're exposed and you're put to shame. Awesome passage. Because when he's coming like a thief at this unexpected moment, he's talking to Christians here. I hope you know this. He's talking to Christians here. He's not talking to unbelievers. He is actually talking to believers here. And he's telling the believers something very, very important. Stay awake. Be dressed. Don't get caught naked. You're going to be put to shame. You're going to be exposed. I don't know about that. It stinks, man. Being caught red-handed is not a pretty thing at all. When you get caught, it's not good. Have you ever been caught doing something you shouldn't have done? Come on, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You've been caught, and when you get caught, isn't it humiliating? What is it? What is it? It's shameful. Don't you just want to hide? Don't you just want to crawl away? Don't you just want to be thrown into a cave? Man, when you get caught unexpectedly, it is very shameful, embarrassing. Maybe you've never been caught naked, okay? I get that. But you've probably been caught doing something that's wrong. And how did that make you feel? How did it make you feel? Exposed. Shameful. I wish I could banish away forever. What a reminder Revelation is. What a reminder. Because the Lord is telling us, stay awake. Get Guys, listen. He's not telling us to get dressed. Can we leave the, is the verse up? Yeah. Read that verse again. He's not telling us to get dressed. Because the believer is already what? He's saying to what? Stay dressed. Totally. To, to, if these were unbelievers, Jesus would have said what? I'm coming quickly like a thief. So everyone that hears my voice, get dressed. But he's not saying that. He's saying what? Church, those who say they believe in me, I'm coming quickly. Stay awake and what? Keep the clothes on. Stay dressed. Because I, 
I don't want to get carried away. Let, let me just develop this. But he's talking about not getting dressed, but staying dressed. And, and what does this mean to us as we read this passage? Well, yes, we know that it's talking to believers now. Believers who are dressed. And when you really study this, we're dressed in garments. Did you know that you as a believer are dressed? You're like, duh, I know, I got dressed this morning. I am not even talking about that. I'm talking about as a believer, we are dressed in garments of righteousness, the Bible says. We put on, we put on righteousness. And that is our garments now. And what is Jesus telling the believer now? He says, don't even think about taking off the garments of righteousness. This is an awesome message. This is a great word to come back to from the Dominican Republic and to share with people that I love. Stay dressed. Because no one here wants to see you naked. <laughs> awesome. We're going to do that in your life. Hi, Leah, baby. But, but think about that. Don't think about taking off garments of righteousness off you. Because don't we do that? Things get difficult. You receive some bad news. Maybe you receive some bad news over other bad news. Man, I know so many people that get bad news. That life becomes difficult. Listen to what I'm telling you. And they get offended. They get offended. Things don't go their way. It's one dark cloud after another dark cloud. And their reaction to such hard times is what? Well, I'm just going to take off my garments. Lord, this faith, this church, this Christianity, it's not for me. I wonder, have you been there? Have you been there? Ah, not today. Ah, I'm not picking up the phone call. I'm not showing up to church. This Christianity thing, it's not for me. But what if I, if I tell you today that being a Christian doesn't always mean things will get better. How about if I switch what many preachers are preaching today on you? How about if I tell you that I say, I'm not even going to do that. Because then you're going to know who I'm talking about. But what if I tell you that being a Christian doesn't always mean things will not get better physically in your life? How about if I tell you that being a Christian means things might get more difficult? Yeah, I, I didn't expect that. Amen, brother, preach that. <laughs> not here, not now. But those that are going to difficult moments, deep down inside, you want to shout amen, don't you? Come on, people in difficult moments. How about if I tell you that when you are a believer, things might get a little bit more difficult? Yeah, yeah, I want to hear some people that are being honest. Life is a beautiful thing, isn't it? But my gosh, does it suck sometimes. I said what everyone right now is thinking in their mind. What happened with my family sucks. What happened at my job sucks. And I'm saying sucks. You guys say a whole lot worse things than that. Okay? What if I tell you that being a believer is not the brand new car, is not the car you wanted, it's not the house you wanted, it's not the family you wanted, the spouse you wanted, it's not the job you wanted. What if I tell you being a believer Mother will rise up against daughter, father against son, sword against the sword. How about if I tell you that? Because Jesus told me that in the Word of God. Like, think about that. Got this wrong picture of Christianity, man. My next question is this. After I tell you that, 
what will you do? Can I be honest with you guys today? Hey, when I woke up this morning and I got dressed, like you got dressed physically, I'm coming to a church that's alive, amen? Okay, I'm going to be honest with you guys today. Taking off my clothes, taking off your clothes, taking off our clothes, it's not an option. I'm going to speak to you as your brother, as your friend, and as your pastor today. Taking off your clothes is never an option. Jesus didn't say in Revelation 6, hey, I'm coming like a thief, and uh, if you could just keep your clothes. No, no, no. Stay awake. Keep your garments on. Stay dressed. Taking off our clothes is not an option. We, we stay dressed. We stay awake lest we walk naked, lest we are exposed and miss what the Lord is and will do in our lives. Listen, we rather stay dressed in garments of righteousness and keep waiting and watching for our Lord than be naked in sin and face Him one day and be put to shame. And all God's people say, yes, amen, I believe that. It's worth it. It's worth to keep your clothes on. Man, and I mean this in the most real way possible. You could goof around with me when the servant says, I can't believe you pray. But I'm going to look at you in the eyes if you goof around with me after and say, hey, hide all the goofiness. I'm talking to you spiritually. Are your clothes on? Are you dressed? Are the garments of righteousness on you? Because stuff is going to suck some days, and the only way you're going to get through those sucky moments is if you are dressed in Jesus Christ, your Lord. And if you're not dressed, you're going to waver, you're going to doubt, you're going to complain, you're going to hate me. You know how many people have left this church and they hate me and I've never did one thing to them? It's not because I've done anything to them. It's because they took off their clothes. It's not because you did anything to them. They took off their clothes. People are mad at God because something didn't happen. It's nothing that God didn't do. It's because they took off their clothes, they got naked, and now they live shameful. That's the truth. When I get a phone call, a text, or an email, well, this person, ah, delete. I know what's really going down in there. They got naked. So when you go around me after, get ready for me to look at you in the eyes and say, that was good, that was funny, you got me good there. But are you dressed spiritually? Man, it's so good to be back home. I couldn't do this in DR. In DR, I was like, Jesus loves you. I wanted to be welcome back. <laughs> I wanted to invite me again. So I was like... God has called you to have power, anointing. I come home like, get some. <laughs> I love my house, amen? I love my house. Amen, I love my house. So now their pastor takes the pulpit today and he has to, <laughs> Amen, man, God, you're awesome. First Peter 1.13 says this. Gird up, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober, rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Everyone say gird up. I like that word. Gird up. Gird up the loins. You guys know what the loins are, right? All right, good. Amen. Gird up the loins. Gird up. In the Spanish Bible, this might say what? Ponte los pantalones. Put them tight. Put a belt on. Strap it on tight and, 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 and get dressed properly. And put up the, gird up the 
the loins. And he says what? Of your mind. Be sober. When you look at that phrase, gird up the loins of your mind, it's basically saying prepare your mind for action. Prepare your mind for action. Hey, I wish I could make stuff up. He's literally telling us prepare your mind for what? For dull moments? For lukewarmness? For how oh, things are just going to... No, it's for what? Action. Because you're going to go in through some things. Prepare yourself for these things. Prepare your mind for action. In these days, that phrase, gird up your loins of your mind, he was using a, a picture that the person that was reading this text understood very well. Because they didn't dress like we dressed. They would wear, you know, like these long robes. I call them dre- I'm a man, so I call them dresses. Okay, men and women, they all wore dresses. And, uh, and they would pick up their garments, and they would lift them up, okay? And as they lifted them up to their loins, their midsection, they would grab a leather belt, and they would tie the leather belt. So now what? Their garments were picked up. So if they had to do fast activity, run or walk or some sort of training or whatever it was, walking through the marketplace, working, they wouldn't trip and fall because they're what? Their clothes were girded up. Does everyone understand what I'm saying? So when Peter writes that, he's, he's looking at his garments and he says, how can I explain this? And he explains it in that manner to gird up, to prepare yourself. And he's telling the church what? You can't slow down. You can't risk being tripped up and stay falling. Yes, times are difficult, but man, there are good moments in these difficult times. And I want to make sure I'm very honest with you. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. Times are difficult. Well, well, that's going to happen. But in these difficult times, in these moments, I promise you this. The Lord is going to use you if you, if you stay dressed. I, I, I've seen it in my life. I've seen it in some of your lives. When you stay dressed through difficult times, moments like these, you'll be able to minister. Believe it or not. And you will be able to share with others Guys, come on, catch this. That are going through what you are going through at that very exact moment. Why has God allowed me to go through this? Because you never know what's going to happen a week from now, a month from now, a year from now. You are going to restore and help someone that is going through exactly what you're going through. And God needs to take you through this process because then you will never understand what that person is going through as they talk to you. That's the truth. You'll, You'll be amazed how... Where you are at in life or where you've been in life, how now God has allowed it to use you. To use that experience that you have. To do what now? To help them, to love them. And the most important thing, to lead them to Jesus Christ. And that's why God allows problems. Trust me. Trust me. In those moments, when that happens, you're going to thank the Lord. And you're going to say to yourself, oh, thank God that I kept my clothes on and I did not give up because now I'm able to help a fellow brother, uh, help a fellow sister because I saw why I went through when I went through it. Thank you, Lord, that I never took off my clothes. Trust me, you're going to say that. Don't lose hope, church. God is preparing you for something great. And I'm going to say this. God is preparing you for something great even in tough times. Even in tough times. Hey, ask David, Joseph, Moses, Joshua, Noah, Abraham, Gideon, Jeremiah, Elijah, Isaiah, Simon, Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, Mary, Paul, Timothy. Those are just to name a few. Every single saint in the word of God, ask them, ask them. Flip through the pages and ask them and ask them and ask them and ask them and ask them. Ask them. Each and every single one of the saints in scripture, ask them. 
I'm telling you, each one of them did not lose hope. They continued to prepare. They continued to keep their guard righteousness on. And their lives were lives of preparation. Yes, they had hard moments, but listen to what I'm about to tell you. They never took off their garments. And I want the church to know today to keep on the garments of righteousness. And all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. Some people, when they feel unprepared for life surprises, they just stop, man. They become lukewarm. Like I said, they burn out. Have ever, seriously, anyone in here feel, do not raise your hand. Do not, just in your heart, hand. But if you're sitting here, do you feel burned out today? Feel burned out? You feel discouraged? Whatever word I could use, so on and so forth. You feel whatever it is that you feel? Please, please listen to my words. In those moments, find Jesus. In those moments, don't take off your clothes. Don't go into your closet. And just don't, don't, don't even get to the first button. Don't even look at the mirror and say, should I do it? You keep on your clothes of righteousness. You keep them on. Keep them straight on. Things are going to get difficult. Sometimes those garments, man... Some mud puddles are going to fall on them. Difficult moments will happen, but you keep on clothes of righteousness. Amen? Find Jesus in those moments. If you are weary, if you are tired, if you are burned out, if you are discouraged, if you lose hope, if you're mad at me, if you're mad at the church, if you're mad at the person sitting next to you, if you're mad at the person in the back, if you're mad at the person in the front, if you're mad at the person that you work with, if you're mad at your mother or your father or your grandmother or your sister or your brother, I'm telling you right now, it does not matter. Stay right with Jesus. Amen? Amen. Keep your clothes on. Jesus says in John 4, 14, but those who drink the water that I give, that I give, they will never be thirsty again. It becomes fresh. It becomes bubbling. I love bubbling. I love the sound of that, bubbling. Bubbling makes me feel like something's alive, doesn't it? When we go diving in the ocean, the watchman on the boat does not know because we're 30, 40 feet down. They can't see us. But he stands at the top of the boat and he's looking for us under the water. You want to know how he looks for us under the water? By the bubbles that come up from our breathing under the water. As long as he sees bubbles, those are good signs. They're still alive down there. But the moment he stops seeing bubbles, it's a bad sign. They're missing or they're dead. What's going on? You look for the bubbles when you're on a boat and people go diving. Those bubbles got to go somewhere. Those air pockets have to pop up in the middle of the water, on the top of the water. And I love how Jesus says this. If you come to me and you drink from the waters that I give you, you're not going to thirst again. Trust me. It's going to become fresh in your spirit. It's going to become like a bubbling spring. It's going to be alive in you, man. Alive, not dead. I'm tired of drinking dead, polluted, filthy waters that this world. Like seriously, you want to drink from the fountain of this world or do you want to drink from the bubbling, fresh, refreshing waters of Jesus Christ our Lord? I want to drink from Jesus' fountain, man. Put some ice in it, baby. Water on the rocks. I'm going to drink for Jesus' name today, man. And then he says this, I'm going to give them eternal life. Bubbling. Spring, fresh water, giving them eternal life. Man. He tells the lukewarm church in chapter 318, he says what? I counsel you. I encourage you. I'm telling you today. Look what he tells the lukewarm church. Chapter 318, if you're taking notes, I know I'm going a little fast. In Revelation 3.18, he says, I counsel you to buy from me. Don't buy from this world. Don't buy from other sources. Buy from the real place, from the factory itself. Come to me, Jesus is saying. 
How many of us have gone and shopped somewhere else? And when we shopped somewhere else, we found ourselves with the same void? With the same, let's use the word, right? We used earlier, with the same suckiness. How many of you have been there? And you're like, oh, I should have learned from that time. And God's like, yeah, you should have. Don't buy gold. Don't buy stuff from other people. Buy from me. Gold. Gold that is refined in the fire. What does that mean, refined? Meaning that the gold, the impurities of it, what? Are destroyed. The gold that I give you is pure. The gold that other people give you, you're going to find what? Imperfections in it. Why, Lord? Why is yours so good? Because I've placed it in trial. I've placed it in moments that it, it takes off the dross. It takes off the impurities. And what I give you is nothing polluted. What I give you is fresh. It's costly. It has value. It's everlasting. It speaks on for eternity. It's something that no one or nothing else could ever give you. Come to me and get gold from me, church. That's what he's saying in that passage. That's, what, that's exactly what he's talking about. And look what he says next. So that you may be what? Rich. I want to be rich. I really do. But not, not if you don't. You got to study this right. He's talking about spiritually rich here. He's like, take gold from me and I'm going to make you rich. And, I'm, and all, you know, all the people that want to be rich are like, yeah, you see, that's what I quote. And you're like, no, that's not what he means. He's talking about he is going to make you so rich spiritually. That you, that you have no idea. You don't have to go to other waters and you don't got to go to other sources He's going to give your garments. Watch what he says. Remember the garments that you have to keep on? What color are your garments? They're white garments, garments of purity. And I love what he says next, that you may be clothed and that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. Man, that's good stuff there. That is good stuff in this word. He loves you. He is preparing you and he is Calling you to keep your clothes on and not to give up. Don't go and buy from another. Because that other has nothing to give you that is better than what Jesus has to give his church. Man, guys, just get this word, please. Benjamin Franklin says, by failing to prepare, you prepare to fail. By failing to prepare, you are preparing to fail. Lord, I don't want to fail. I prepare and I keep on my garments. Amen? Everyone, turn to Matt. We're going to go to Scripture. Now, I, I, for the rest of this passage, I pray for me because I don't have no more notes. I just have the passages. Matthew 25, but I believe the Lord wants us to read this and speak to us. In Matthew 25, I'm going to read through it. Just get there for me because I want you guys to read it with me and say amen. Just turn to the first verse and give me an amen so I can know when to start. Have you ever read this passage? It's the, par par it's the parable of the wise and the foolish virgins. I wonder if you've ever read that. Let's read it together today. Let's have a good time. It says, the kingdom of heaven, this is Jesus speaking, shall be like ten virgins who took their lamps. This is called a parable, guys. Do not take this stuff and say, oh, sir, in heaven there's ten virgins. It's a teaching. He's going to teach us something deep. Shall be like ten virgins who took their lamps and they went out to meet the bridegroom. We know who the bridegroom is, right? The bridegroom is Jesus who's coming back for his what? We've learned this on Wednesdays. My Wednesday group, Jesus Christ the groom comes back for his bride. 
Five of them were wise, five of them were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. Verse 4, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, stop, ever felt delayed? Jesus, not showing up. Everyone told me that you're the God that always shows up. <laughs> come on, come on, let's be real. Jesus, I've been, I, did I miss something? Am I in sin? I'm trying to be a light. I'm trying to sing the song to this little light of mine. I'm going to let it sh- And nothing's happening, Jesus. Why aren't you showing up? And that, just, that's what the kingdom of heaven is like. What, is, what do you mean? There's going to be moments where you're going to feel that Jesus is not showing up. Don't you love the word of God? There's so much truth in it. Because I read that, I'm encouraged. Because I'm like, oh my God, that's what I go through. There are moments where I feel like, God, you're not showing up. And God's like, I know I, you feel that, but I'm there. I see it. I'm watching it. My eyes are so close to it, you have no idea. And then I'm like, but I don't feel it. He's like, I don't care if you don't feel it, but I'm there. So whatever you do, remember the message, fear me? Don't feel me, fear me, keep fearing me, keep your clothes on. Regal, don't you even think about taking off those clothes. Not even your shoes, don't get comfortable. Keep it all on. So watch this, let's keep reading. And he says this. Well, the bridegroom was delayed. They all slumbered and they all... They all slept. Don't, guys, don't fall asleep. Remember the verse we read in Revelation? Don't fall asleep. Don't fall asleep. Stay awake. Keep your clothes on. Don't fall asleep. Just because I, God is saying, just because I'm taking a little long for you does not mean stay sleeping. Stay awake. And what do the, bright, what do the ten virgins do? They're like, what? Yeah, I think I'm just going to close my eyes on this one. Don't close your eyes on this one. Don't for one moment snooze. You stay awake. I'm talking spiritually now, amen? In the morning, if you want to snooze, that's fine. But I'm talking about spiritually. Don't snooze. Stay awake. And then he goes on. He says this. And at midnight, a cry was heard. Revelation. Do you remember when Jesus comes back? What's heard? There's a trumpet. Remember? There's a cry from heaven. Remember all the sounds? That's what it's talking about. He's coming back. And there's a cry from heaven. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Let's go out to meet him. They're screaming this stuff, man. And all those virgins, they arose, they trimmed up their lamps, they turned on their lamps, bam, 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 bam. But guess what happens? Remember those five wise virgins? But then there were five what? Yeah, what's another word for foolish? Dumb, they're just what? Oh, y'all don't want to say it? You guys are so cute, man. Stupid! Why, why, why are they so stupid? Why didn't they get oil? Why are they so foolish? Look what it says here. Look what it says. <clears throat> The foolish said to the wise, verse 7, Give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. But the wise, they're wise, they're smart. You know? They said, no way. We're not giving you any of our oil, Let's what? There shouldn't be enough for us and for you, but go. You leave, go rather to those who sell oil and you go buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went with him because they had their lights on. They kept everything on. They kept everything on. Everyone say they kept everything on. Right. They kept everything on. They, they kept it on. They didn't turn it off. They didn't take it off. They, they were prepared. They prepared themselves. They had it all ready for when Jesus comes for them. And then it says this. And while they went to buy, those who were ready, those who kept it on. What does it say next? went in with him to the wedding and the door was shut 
But afterward, in verse 11, the other virgins came and they said what? Lord, Lord, open, open, open the door for us. Lord, please. And Jesus answered and says, I do not even know you. And look at what he says in verse 13. Again, he reminds us what? Watch. Stay awake. Stay awake. Be alert. Watchful. For you neither know the day nor the hour in which what? This is what we're doing on Wednesday. It's such a beautiful time we're having. But did you get the passage there? There are some people, notice something, notice something. All ten, and just say it, all ten are what? Brides. All ten are what? No, yeah, but all ten are what? Why are you all so scared? All ten are what? Virgins. All ten of them. It's almost like saying what? All ten were Christians. They were what? They were not polluted with the things of this world. They, they kept themselves pure. Nothing handled them or touched them. They were, they were virgins before God. God has restored me and purified me and made me clean before him now with salvation. All ten were, were virgins and waiting for their husband to come and get them, to take them to a wedding. We could substitute that and say all of them were Christians. Every single one of them. But something happened that as the Lord delayed in their Christianity, the Lord delayed in their trying to keep themselves pure. Does that sound like any of us here? The Lord delayed in them trying to continue to serve God that in that moment they become very fragile, they become very weary, they, they become very unconcerned with the important things in Christianity. And when God comes, they hear the noise and they go to people that are prepared and say, come on, Give me some of what you got. And we all know that there's nothing that we have that we could offer that's from ourselves. So they say, just go. Go to the source and the stuff and the places where you can buy those things. And when they go, they can't come back in time. And the Lord doesn't open the door for them. And the Lord only takes five who were ready and leaves behind five who were not ready. And all I could see within those passages is one clear thing. And it's this. is that the Lord is telling the church, like he's telling the ten virgins, what? Keep it on. Never take it off. Your light, don't ever let it turn off. Your clothes, don't ever let it to come off. You stay ready. Prepare yourself. It's worth it. Keep going. Don't give up. Stay dressed. Keep your clothes on, church. That's what he's saying. That's what the passage is about. I can lie to you and I could make us feel good in our sin and in our... But this is the truth of what the Word of God is saying, church. Can we say amen? amen? That's what it's saying. Keep it on. Fight hard to keep it on. There's no other questions. There's no, listen to me, don't even think about it for a day. Stay dressed in garments of righteousness. Why, Lord? I'm tired. He's like, I'm coming, man. And whether you're dressed or not, I'm coming. And I'm taking the ones who are dressed, those whose lights are on, those whose clothes are on. Church, keep your clothes on. Keep your clothes on. Keep it on. Keep it on. Ezekiel. says in chapter 33, and I'm going to end with, I'm going to go to Ezekiel, so I can prepare you to end, because you're going to see that I'm going to end. And from Ezekiel, just watch this. 
I'm going to jump into John 14, and that's it. I'm going to go to Ezekiel, and then I'm going to go to John, and we are finished. But listen to these two passages. In Ezekiel chapter 33, verses 1 through 20, the prophet's there, and he says, Once again, a message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, give your people this message. And I, when I bring an army against the country, the people of that land. I'm just going to read it, then we'll talk about it after I read it. The people of that land choose one of their own to be a watchman. Listen to this. When I bring an army, choose one of your people to be a watchman. When the watchman sees the enemy coming, he sounds the alarm to warn the people. Then if those who hear the alarm refuse to take action, if those people who hear my warning refuse to get ready, are you guys hearing that? If they refuse to get ready, it is their own fault. It is whose fault? God, this is your fault. You never showed up. God's like, no. It's not my fault because I never showed up. It's your fault because you took your clothes off. It's your fault because you weren't ready. I hope, is this word ministry to any of you? It is to me. I, like, I just want to stop and cry and pray. It is to me. He says when they hear the alarm, they refuse to take action. It is their own fault if they die. Wow. They heard the alarm, but they ignored it. Guys, what are, you, what are you hearing today? You're hearing an alarm. Get dressed. No. Rewind. Stay dressed. It's an alarm. They heard the alarm, but they ignored it. Don't ignore it. So the responsibility is theirs, that if they had listened to the warning, they could have saved their what, church? They could have saved their own lives. The, the ten virgins? If they just had the oil, they could have what? Saved their very own lives. What? I don't know. I don't know. The group that's here? If they would have just heard the warning and prepared themselves, they could have just stayed alive. Don't refuse to take action. Don't ignore it. Take the responsibility. It's yours. Listen. Listen to this warning. Save your life. Verse 6. But if the watchman sees the enemy coming and does not sound the alarm and warn the people, he is responsible for their captivity. This is why I preach as your pastor these kind of messages. Because your blood's in my hand. And there's no way as a watchman, I'm going to say, God, I didn't want to discourage. I didn't, I didn't want any of them to get mad at me. I love you so much that I'm going to tell you what the Bible says. And the Bible says, get dressed, stay dressed, keep it on. Because if not, those people that are not dressed, they die. And the end is not good. But if you stay dressed, everything's going to be good for you. And I don't want to be this watchman who does not sound the alarm. And when God comes back, he says, what? He puts the sword to me. And says, why did you stab me? Because you didn't warn them. I'm, I'm, I want to make sure we're, we're true in God's word if we're going to be true in it. I'll hold the watchman responsible. Verse 7, son of man, I'm making you now the watchman for the people of new life. Therefore, listen to what I say and warn them for me. If I announce that some wicked people are sure to die and you fail to tell them to change their ways, then they will die in their sins. How can I not preach to you guys this? Hey, I'll tell you what, I'll work hard next week to preach the most joyful message in my life. But, but today, I got to share this with you guys. I'm not always like this. Next week, we'll talk about bubble gum and Jolly Ranchers. But today, we're talking about the sour ones. What are those suckers called? 
Sour Patches. No, not even Sour Patches. Crybabies. Crybabies. God, you are so good. Amen? If I announce that some wicked people are sure to die and you fail to tell them to change their ways and they die in their sins, I will hold you responsible for their deaths. But if you warn them to repent, they will die in their sins, but you will have saved yourself. Son of man, give the people of new life this message. Our sins are heavy upon us. We are washed, wasting away. How can we survive? As surely as I live, says the sovereign Lord, I take no pleasure in death of wicked people. So what is he saying? I don't like to kill people. I don't like for people to go to hell. That's what Jesus is saying. God is saying, I don't like for people to go to hell. I only want them to turn from their wicked ways. Amen? So that they can live. And look what he says next. Turn. Turn from your wickedness, O people of Israel. Why should you die? New life, take a, keep your clothes on. Why, why will you choose to die? New life, keep the light on. Son of man, give your people of new life this message. That the righteous behavior of the righteous people will not save them if they turn to sin. So, so what does this mean? That there are righteous people that what? Take off their clothes. They actually what? They go back and they turn to sin. People that call themselves righteous constantly always go back. And God's like, don't tell them to go back. Don't tell them not to turn to sin. Nor will the wicked behavior of wicked people destroy them if they repent. So if there's wicked people and they repent, trust me, I'm going to save them. So what? There's righteous people in hell that are burning and there's wicked people in heaven who are rejoicing. Why? All because one failed to repent and the other one repented. tell righteous people that they will live and they sin expecting their past righteousness to save them come on guys just let this sink man just let this sink please 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 when I tell the righteous people to live and they go back to sin and they expect their past their past righteousness to save them none of their righteous acts will be remembered guys did you just read that I don't want to be bad tomorrow and say, Lord, but yesterday I did great. God says, I don't even remember yesterday. What I remember is today. Man, this is, the word of God is beautiful, man. It's beautiful. What verse am I on? Amen. I will destroy them for their sins. 14, suppose I tell you, some wicked people that they will surely die but then they turn from their sins and do what is just do what is right 15 for instance they might give back a debt to security return what they've stolen obey my life giving laws no longer doing what is evil if they do this then they will surely live and not die the wicked because you know what the bible teaches me that god is not a respecter of persons ah you're good ah you're bad ah you killed 10 hey you saved 10 god's like who cares i'm looking at you right now perfect example Paul, murderer, breathing threats of killing Christians. God's like, yeah, but watch what I'm going to do to him. Now, past is no longer remembered. Same thing for the righteous. I served you once. Yeah, but you're wicked now. None of their past sins will be brought up again. 
for they've done what is just and right and they will surely live. Your people are saying, the Lord isn't doing what's right. Have you ever been there? Lord, you're just not doing what's right for me. God's like, don't say that. I've said that. That's why I could say this. Lord, you're not doing what's right for new life, for me, for us, for her, for him, for them. But it is they who are not doing what's right. Rico, when you say that, it's because something's wrong with you. For I say that when righteous people turn away from righteous behavior and turn to evil, they're going to die. But if the wicked people turn from wickedness and do what is just, do what is right, they will live. All people of new life who say that the Lord isn't doing what's right, I judge each one according to your deeds. Stay dressed. Stay pure. Keep the light on, baby. Keep your clothes on. I love John 14. And now I end. We're talking about preparing. We're talking about keeping our clothes on. Have you ever read John 14, verse 1? When I read this after doing this message, I sank. Like when I was typing it, I literally sank. Have you ever had that, a moment with God like that that you just sink? You'll see why. Everything that I've just said, I hope you sink with me and just like, wow, watch. So Jesus says in chapter 14, verse 1, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. What he says next is amazing. In my father's house, there are many mansions, many dwelling places. If it's not true, if it wasn't so, I wouldn't tell you this. But look what he says next. Man. I go. I go. To prepare a place for you. I just exhausted for 40 minutes how you need to prepare and keep your clothes on. And I just ended with telling you that Jesus' last words were, I'm leaving to go prepare for you. Like if that doesn't make you sink and humble yourself, and recognize who you really are before God. I, I, guys, I don't even know how else to pastor you and to love you. I don't even know what else to preach next week. Like, I can't deal with this anymore. Like, I don't even know what, what else to even... Like, what, what, do you, what else do you want me to preach next week? What else do you want? What else can I say to you? to be soul burdened for others look at how many empty seats are here and how many seats are stacked there is no excuse for those seats to be stacked people are dying and perishing and us who are dressed need to do something about those who are naked I don't understand what to say to you I don't get it I can't come to church and see these chairs empty 
You think after this I have a great Sunday? No, I have a horrible Sunday. Why? Because there's too many chairs stacked and there's too many seats empty. That means that we're not reaching people who are naked. The Bible just showed me that they're going to die. Some of those people are my family. People I work with, students I come across on a daily. I, I can't make them drink the water, but I sure can lead them to it. I sure can offer it to them. Here, just drink it. I don't want to, but trust me. I can't force them, but the Bible says compel men. There's some men you got to scare the hell out of them. The Bible says that. There's some people you got to do it grace, graciously with. Some people that can take it, and there's some people that you have to love. But there is a reason for the church to be empty, because those that are dressed need to grab the ones who are naked. I'm wondering why, if we're not reaching people, is it because we took off our clothes? That's what I'm wondering. Did we take off our clothes, church? Did we really? I'm not, guys, I love you and you know me for six years pastoring this church. And you know that my agenda and my method behind everything I do is not self-gain. It's never to manipulate anyone. You know that. You know that. But the way I saw worship today, I did not see people that are dressed. I'm wondering if there's a desire in there for God anymore, amen? I'm wondering if there's a desire anyone, for anyone to reach a soul. I'm wondering if there's a watchman left in you. How many of you read the passage of Ezekiel and said, good, thank God that was for Pastor Rigo. It was not. It's for everyone who believes, who is called to be a watchman. That's why I read it. It wasn't for me. It wasn't for pastors or prophets, whatever you want to call them, evangelists, teachers. It's none of those. It's for the believer to be a watchman, to warn the people, to sound the alarm. It's your call. It's my call. It's our call to tell the naked, get dressed. Get dressed. Guys, I really don't know what else to do. I don't know what else to say. We need help here. My poor sister's the only one left in the translating right now. We need help. We need help here. I think my wife in two months has seen one service. We need help back there. We need help in your life. So I'm not going to stand here this Sunday and say everything's good because I'm worried for the sheep. I don't know if everything's good with you, is it? Can I love you today? Are we dressed? Are you dressed? If you are, then amen. Pray blessing upon your life. But are we dressed and are we called to be watchmen? To call those who are naked and call them in and say, it's time to get dressed, man. It's time to know Jesus. The enemy's coming. Get ready. Prepare yourself. 
And then I read this passage. And Jesus says to me, Regal, as you're here, I'm going. Watch this. And all you've done is complain that you don't feel me, Regal. And you don't hear me. And you don't see me. But Regal, John 14 says that I've gone to prepare for you. So Regal, how can you tell me that I'm not there when all I've been doing is preparing everything for you? And then God looks at me and says, do you know what that does to my heart? You're saying the one who is preparing is not doing anything. How can you say that, Regal? And I just sunk in my seat. And I said, man, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. He says, I'll come again. As I prepare a place for you, verse 3, I will come again as I prepare a place for you. A new life, I will receive you to myself. So where I am, there you may be also. Fall in love with this Jesus. Where I go, you know. The way, you know. You know. Thomas after was like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? And he's like, Thomas, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. To get there, it's through me, Thomas. Keep your clothes on. Be a watchman. Tell someone to get dressed. Tell someone in here to stay dressed. Pastor Regal, have you seen so-and-so lately? You haven't been to church. No, I haven't. Well, you should set up a meeting with them. And you shouldn't do anything. How about together we say, we haven't seen so-and-so. We're going to go to their homes. And we're going to see if they're dressed. We work with people. We're going to see if they're dressed. I hope this word does something to you that it messes up your whole week like it has and it's doing to me. Because it's not fair that I'm the only one that suffers. Suffer with me. It's a beautiful word. It really is. Keep your clothes on. Be a watchman. Tell others to keep their clothes on. So there's some that need to keep it on. And there's some that need to get it on. Some keep your dress. Some get dressed. How about we warn the world, amen? I'm going to ask you to stand with me. Yes, let me say You can leave it just like this. Just like that's good. She, had, she wanted to share something. <clears throat>